What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Happy February 1st, and welcome to the latest edition of the Poetry Superhighway Live Worldwide Open Reading. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the MC of the show and the creator of the Poetry Superhighway at poetrysuperhighway.com. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Um, Today, you are invited to call in and read your poetry. The call-in number is 646-716-7362. We have no content or style restrictions. You can read anything of any style that you want. Um, And it's an open reading. So join in. It's an awesome thing. If you haven't read your poetry uh, out loud before, it's a very cool thing to do. If you sometimes participate in open readings uh, locally in person, um, it's kind of like that, except you have a potentially worldwide uh, audience of people listening really from everywhere. So it's a good opportunity for you to expose your poetry to all kinds of different places and people all over the world. Again, the call-in number is area code 646-716-7362. There was a, a danger today that uh, I wouldn't be able to wear pants during today's show. Uh, My wife announced uh, earlier that she was doing the laundry and uh, immediately requested that I take off my pants, uh, which I did, and uh, there was only a a certain number of minutes uh, left before the show started. Uh, And Luckily, I found another pair of pants and and put them on, but there is a hole in the knee, uh, so uh, you should know that that as I'm speaking to you, there, there is kind of a a temperature difference between my knee and the rest of my body. And I do find it a little bit distracting, and, and hopefully uh, it won't affect the show too much. Um, now, you may or may not be wearing pants, and that's fine. You don't have to tell us uh, in either case. Uh, I do encourage you to, uh, to not wear pants sometimes when calling in to the show. I think it helps you. I just think it helps raise your consciousness a little bit. Anyway, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. We just launched uh, this morning at about uh, 1 o'clock in the morning Pacific time the uh, 8th annual Poetry Superhighway Great Poetry Exchange. And since then, I guess that's about 13 hours ago or so, we already have 19 people who have filled out the sign-up sheet online and uh, who've joined in with their books. What this is is... Uh, it's not a contest. It's not anything that, that costs money. It's, it's another way for you to share your poetry with other people. In this case, the way it works is you have a book, or maybe it's a chapbook, or maybe it's something that's self-published, or maybe it's something that you just printed off your computer and, and stapled together. Any level of book of your own work that you have, or perhaps an anthology that you edited, um, you a pledge to send that book to another randomly selected participant. And I put the information about your book up online on the uh, Great Poetry Exchange page. And then at the end of the month, on March 1st, the uh, submission period will close. And I'm going to randomly assign all of the participants to other participants. So Poet A will randomly send their book to Poet B. Poet B will randomly send their book to Poet C. Um, and uh, throughout March, poetry books will be winging their ways all over the world. It's a very cool thing. Last year, 94 poets participated in, uh, in this, and uh, we had 100%. Uh, 100% uh, there's never been, um, well, it's not true. 95% of the people who participate actually do send their book, and occasionally there's one or two or don't, but we take care of those folks in other ways as well. So. So uh, go to PoetrySuperHighway.com, click on Great Poetry Exchange, fill out the form, and you're in. That's it. And all you have to do is two things. At the end of uh, when it's over in March, I'm going to send you an email with a name and address, and you'll send your book to that person. 
and then you're going to get a book from a whole different person. It's not a one-to-one -one exchange uh, where you're, you're partnering with, with one person and you'll get their book and they'll get your book. You'll, you'll get someone's book and someone else will get your book. So uh, sometimes there's been a, some confusion about this in the past where, where uh, someone thought for sure they should, should send their book to the person who sent them uh, their book, uh, and uh, that, that isn't the way it works. So you wait for my email with, with who to send your book to. And then this is just, just, as, an important, just as important a step um, that you email me once you've actually sent your book within, within two weeks to let me know that you have sent it out, and that way I'll mark you off the roster, and uh, we will prevent me from sending you increasingly annoying emails uh, uh, saying things such as, have we crossed in the mail? Are you a horrible person and that's why you haven't sent your book? That kind of thing. So, uh, so there you go. It's, it's awesome. It's a cool thing. I don't know of any other uh, people who are doing something like this, so you should definitely join in. And in addition to taking your calls and uh, hearing your poetry today, which we're going to start to do in just a minute, uh, if you have any questions about the Great Poetry Exchange, or perhaps if you were a participant in one of the past Great Poetry Exchanges, again, this is the eighth year in a row that we've done this, uh, maybe you can let us know what book you got and, and whether uh, you felt it was a worthwhile experience. So again, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. We're going to our first caller. It looks like it's a, a blocked telephone number, so I have no way I, of identifying you. So if you're there, say hello. 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 It's you. Yes, it's you. Yes, yes. My name is Tony. Hi, Tony. How you doing? How you I'm doing? from the Bronx. The Bronx. Yes. Excellent. My uh, my dad's from the Bronx. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you been here before? I have not been to the uh, that that far north in New York City. No. Oh, okay. Well, this is my first time. I've been getting your poetry for quite a few years. So I think I'm on your website. Okay. Cool. And. Uh, I started a group of poets in New York called Poetry on the Hudson. And uh, is that a, is that a, is that a Poetry on the Hudson? Did you say Google Poets or is that an actual in-person reading? Uh, that, that's that, a, that's the that's the website Poetry on the Hudson. There's two dashes in between on the, but that's it. And we started in the, in the hospital in New York, mm -hmm. and since uh, then we go on we do arts shows we go to libraries and uh anywhere where anybody can hear us. <laughs> That's really cool. So it's it's a website that revolves around an actually community of poets uh, in uh in New York. Right, right. And uh the the website is gonna be actually I'm 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 getting people to fix it is but it's still there. I'm I take care of it and uh I'm getting new some new poets together, new members and uh expanding a little bit. Cool. What's so, on the uh, what's actually on the website? Well, the website, uh, uh, Columbia University uh, uh, School of Journalism uh, uh, interviewed us back in 2005, and uh, and uh, we we did a show in Harlem, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know we opened up for a group of uh, band uh, rock musicians there, and uh, the president was there, the ex president. Uh, 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 I think I forgot his name already. <laughs> well, Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh yeah, Bill Clinton well, had a state building in Harlem, and uh, you know, uh, you could see the, some of the poetry of the the, the, the different styles. Uh, we have from Irish, from the islands. I'm myself. I'm from Puerto Rico, uh -huh. and uh, people uh, they we were able to submit, but suddenly something had happened to the website, so. I'm trying to get it fixed, but uh, people were able to submit their poetry there. Okay. So do, do they have to be? Do they have to be New York, you know, poets on the Hudson? Yeah, too? people from all over the actually people from all over the United States and uh, some people <clears throat> from other parts of the country have submitted there. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to get it fixed, but you know, it's something that takes time because I don't have the knowledge, uh, the experience, and, and uh, knowing how to do the website like you do, like yours. So I yeah, I mean, myself. even 
even uh, you know, I, I do have some website knowledge and and, and stuff. I do, I do it all myself, but it's still it's still time consuming. You know what I'm saying? It is. It is. And I, I work at the hospital and. Uh, I do physical therapy there, and this is something that I learned. I got printed up in the Daily News by Jared McAllister in 97 because of the OJ trial, the diversity, uh, the people's feelings, the negativity, and the, and the happiness from the, the case. I, I wrote my first poem in 97, and uh, it was printed up in the papers in New York twice that year, and and I said I gotta share my poetry, share my uh, my happiness about that because I don't, I never went to college, and uh, I decided to write a little bit and uh, share my experience, and then other other newspapers got in touch and they uh, they wrote me up in the Daily News and uh, uh, some other magazines, 11.99 Daily News there. That's great. You know, 1997 is also the year that the Poetry Superhighway started, as a matter of fact. So, um, no kidding. Oh, wow. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Well, one wow. other question. Um, uh, the, um, t- tell us the website the address one more time. Okay. It's, you know, if you, if you go, if you do this, P-O-T-H dot two year, the number two, Y-A dot com, it redirects you to the website. Oh, that's pretty easy. Yeah, P-O-T-H and it, dot, dot two, the number two, Y-A.com. Right. And uh, actually right now it's being, it's, being, uh, it's being done over again by one of, my, one of my directors that he's a web designer for the hospital. He took an interest and he's going to do it for free. You know, this is a nonprofit great. thing, so, you know, we need help. <laughs> As is most poetry, for that matter. Um, one other thing I, I should mention you, one of the things that we do on the Poetry Superhighway, maybe you've already done this, I'm not sure, but um, we list, uh, you know, we have a large uh, uh, categorized section of links to poetry sites, and if you click yeah, on... I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm there already. Oh, you did? Okay, great. Well, so people can uh, can find you on the Poetry Superhighway in, in the uh, in the link section as well. So that's right, great. Yeah. So you got, a, you got a poem for us, Tony? Yeah, it's called, uh, I don't know if I should do one in Spanish, because... Uh, or one, in, or one in English. What do you think, uh, Rick? Well, ultimately it's your call, but I suspect um, more people speak English um, who are listening than in Spanish. But uh, you know, it's, it's up to you. Okay, I'll do. I'll do something. Uh, something in English is called uh, "Undaunted Flight" that I wrote a few years back, and it's, it's published. It's been published a few times. You know, is uh, okay. Undaunted Flight. Primy essence of honeydew melon, fat back. Give me more collard green. Give me essence from flavors undone, marmalade too. Of long ivory tusks, the elephants do. From the flight of the whippoorwill, to the last one flood those plains. Give me essence in concert from far and near, yet never here. To the dried of bones that bake in the Sahara sun, while the mighty Mississippi giving life to everyone. Visions from the native child tears from fear and unrest while their forefathers laugh and cry, turn over in the grave while the Millie Man marched on, on and on, undaunted and forever wounded. Essay. That's it. Very nice, Tony. Well done. Thank you. Is that a new poem, old poem? Just a few years old. You know, I got like 80 pieces. You know, it depends on how how you how I feel. I'm like I said, you know, it's something from from deep within. It's kind of like a sadness that inspires me. And sometimes it comes out in happy ways, and sometimes it comes out in sad, you know, sad and you know, in sad things, you know. Right. But uh, right. it's about feelings, you know. Right. Well, Tony, I really appreciate you calling in, and thanks for telling us um, all the info about your website and call in again. Yes, I will. Thank you, Rick. Uh, I love what you're doing. Uh, hopefully, one day it'll be like mine will be like yours. But whatever, <laughs> I'm glad you're there hey. for everybody. <laughs> thank you well, so much. Hey, no problem. And thanks for the thanks for the nice words. Okay, thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, take it easy. That okay. was uh, Tony calling from the Bronx, New York, who uh, runs a website called Poetry on the Hudson. You can get to it at uh, poth number two. YA.com. Um, you probably could do a search for poetry on the Hudson. 
dot com. How cool! Um, yeah, feel free when you call in. By the way, uh, you know, part of the idea is not just sharing poetry, but but learning about the global community of, of poetry that exists. And um, you know, uh, that means you should tell us about your website, or maybe you edit a publication that people could submit to, or maybe you just know of a cool website that you want to talk to us about, or maybe you 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 know, I always like to ask people about the readings in their town and. Uh, you know what? What do you participate in? Because maybe someone else is listening uh, from the same town who who doesn't know that that thing exists and and could suddenly discover a uh, a place that they could go and share their poetry live. So uh, the number to call in is six four six seven one six seven three six two. And we're moving along to our next caller from the seven six zero area code. Hi. Hi, Rick. It's Brandon Samoff from Valley Center. Hi, Brandon. How, How you are you today? I'm doing good, thanks. Yeah, I am uh, was just up in L.A. yesterday. They had a California Poets in the School meeting at uh, Antioch yesterday, and it was great to see uh, so many poets from the L.A. area that are out in the schools teaching poems to students from, I guess, kindergarten at the youngest and, and high school uh, it's a good group of people. That's cool. Are you a, are you a teacher in California Poets in the Schools? Yes, I, I'm working right now with uh, three different schools. I do uh, work at Garfield Elementary, Montgomery Middle, and then there's a program called Poetry Out Loud at Valley Center High School. Uh, the, uh, the elementary and middle school programs are actually writing programs, and then the high school program is for performance of poems. You might have heard of it, the National Endowment for the Arts and the Poetry Foundation sponsor it. They give a, uh, a big scholarship to the high school student who, who wins this. Uh, it's kind of like a spelling bee for, for poetry, and, and the student who scores the most points uh, performing a poem can win a $20,000 college scholarship. Um, when you say performing a poem, is it would a, an equally good analogy be it's kind of like a slam poetry event or you know perhaps it is it, it's it's like slam however where whereas slam poets are performing their own work here the poets are performing the work of writers in english so uh in the first in the first two rounds uh, one of the two poems must be by a poet from before the 20th century and another poem must be less than 25 lines long and then uh using the third round it's it's you know, anybody from any era, and it can be a poem of any length. Well, that's cool. So it it's, uh, it ex- forces the kids to to check out other people's work and really become kind of intimately familiar with it if they're going to perform it decently. Right. They're they're learning about what other what other poets have have done, and they're also considering how that work relates to performance. There's a lot of of uh, poems that are well known and and well-loved. However, they don't necessarily establish a, a real strong link with the audience. They don't perhaps address the audience as, as clearly as, say, some others could. So the emphasis here is not necessarily on what's, what's, what's the best-known poem, but what poem uh, creates a, a performance environment. So, for example, a lot of people love Robert Frost. Um, however, you'd be surprised at how uh, poems by other poets that are aware of the reader's presence do much better. Uh, a lot, a lot of times, you'll see poems where the poets adopted a persona and are speaking to a definite character. And those things in a in a live situation seem to invigorate the audience and uh, and do much better. Hmm. Well, cool. So, uh, California poets in the schools, I've always thought was kind of an interesting. Uh, program, especially, you know, obviously for the people who you're teaching, but as a poet, it's it's a way that you can actually make a living, you know, or generate some income, you know, as a poet, you know, being immersed in your artwork, which is which is a hard thing to do. I mean, it, you know, it's uh, most people who are poets uh, do it kind of on the side and have regular jobs or of some kind. The last caller, for example, uh, works in a hospital, you know. So, I mean, is that uh, is that part of the benefit to you, or is that a cool thing for you? Well, that is part of it. You know, it's uh, it's it's just a blessing to be able to 
to go into a classroom and and be paid to teach your passion and it's not a it's not a lot of money uh different programs have different backing you know there it's um there's a lot of of business to the arts administration and learning where the different grants are are useful what what title funds are available but beyond the fact that that these uh, artists are doing these teaching residencies i think something that happens is is and this came up yesterday at the meeting is no matter how long we we practice our writing of poems we go into these classes and a student is going to create a metaphor or break a line or or do something that we've never heard before and and the the truth is is that although you might be the teaching artist in the classroom you're entertained by the work of the students and so yeah it's it's great that these are that these are paid jobs but the work is it's it's the work that that I think poets love to do themselves and when you see your students do it it is marvelous well that's you know that's that's sustaining yourself as an artist it it's not you know you don't do it for the money but the fact that you make money and 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 it allows you to pay your rent and eat food it's you're literally sustaining yourself as an artist and it's a, i think it's a it's a crucial part of what you know what being an artist is you know I did, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before but a friend of mine a local poet named Matthew Niblock or Matthew Mars now actually you know said if you ever make money from from poetry whether it's just you know a few dollars because you you did a reading and got tips you should immediately go buy food with it you know again because <laughs> you're you're sustaining yourself from your art which is a beautiful thing yeah it's it is a good feeling uh and the um the different organizations that help artists the uh the National Endowment for the Arts the Poetry Foundation Poets and Writers the California Arts Council and then the individual school districts and sometimes um there you know uh, a business of a parent will will co-sponsor or create the matching funds for this to happen and uh the the reason i think that all these people do this is because they understand that um, poetry is not an extra it's a fundamental it builds a lot of language art skills that uh sometimes are overlooked in the in the language art standards a lot of times our our language art standards particularly in the state of california they're about identifying metaphors and and any student that never has the opportunity to create them and do so and be rewarded for that in their education is really missing out so uh, you've got you've got a lot of arts organizations and parents that that get behind this and they've got they've got good reason to do so. Well that's great. So do you do you have a uh, do you have, you got a poem for us? Yes, uh you know if there are people in uh California that would like to get involved um uh it is uh well if they go to uh cpits64.org on the net uh they'll get everything that uh that they need www.cpits64.org uh, and uh, it started in 1964 up at the University of San Francisco it was something called the Pegasus Project and uh, the poet Ishmael Reed was instrumental one of the many people that that got it going so it's been going for 45 years now and wow. uh, and so yeah uh there's there's a lot of opportunities not just for people to be poets in the schools but to uh be friends of poets in the schools one of the things that people could do if they're if they're teachers is is have a poet visit the classroom um or if you're not uh if you're not a, a teacher you're not involved in education but you would like to offer venues or create places for students to get their work out into the world to read or publish uh cpits would love to hear from you cool give us it's uh, cpits64.org yes cpits64.org fantastic well thanks for telling us so much about it and i'd love to hear uh, hear your work all right here's a poem from uh um the mcgee park poets anthology and it's called for every little uh, for every too little a too much to make my wife less anxious about my stacks of papers in her office your letters dad were the first i recycled 
unread. She begged me not to read another after what you sent the second time you left me. In every holiday, a little highway. Before that Thanksgiving dinner, I'd been rambunctious about Reagan, remember? I'd rudely punctuated your lecture with a request to see your clip file, your book, or some place where your conservative blather didn't fill your mouth like a stone you couldn't spit. For so much uncut grass, a little less sky. I let you go a second time, and you finally wrote letters like water, telling me not to talk to my half-sister. I admit I read eight or nine words, hoping the tone would change, but I could never climb lower than the rung of your first threat. Now your grandsons look at Iraq, on to every holiday, a hat. How about a helmet? Vietnam, I tell them, is the way to know granddad. Ah, the peril of family values. And your patriots talk to make themselves deaf so they don't hear those they devour. I thought about burning your letters in the barbecue, but recycled them because I know how you hate ego-think. So, from every little madness, a little more. Great. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks for sharing that with us. Well, thanks for, for providing the opportunity and want to just thanks also for uh, organizing the poetry exchange. I've participated and have received some uh, wonderful things uh, over the years. Uh, I think the last thing I got was a nice uh, letterpress journal from Snow and Graham in Chicago. And then uh, another thing I've enjoyed a lot is a, uh, a CD from DJ Monkey. Uh, I think they titled oh, yeah. it. Another evolution. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. And if uh, people are listening and they haven't participated, uh, it's it's great. I, I've I think you've uh, put me in touch with people in Scotland and I uh, and people in Israel. And it's uh, truly amazing uh, how far that uh, superhighway stretches. Well, I'm I'm glad you're one of the vehicles on it, Brandon. And thanks so much for calling in today and uh, giving us all the info and your thoughts and your poem as well. Well, thanks for your questions, Rick. Have a good day. You too. Bye. There's a Brandon uh, Samog calling from Valley uh, Valley Center, California, a regular here on Poetry Super Highway Live. Gave us a lot of information about uh, the California Poets in the Schools program, which is a really cool way for uh, poets to uh, to uh, to get involved with poetry and other people and, and make a little bit of money uh, as a poet, uh, sustain yourself a bit. Um, all right, moving right along, the number to call in is 646-716-7362, and uh, we're moving to our next caller from the 805. Hello. I guess that's me. Rick, it's Mark Ladwig. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How you doing? Doing good, thanks. Thanks for calling good. back. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy the show. That was a, that was a nice poem. It kind of made me sad. I'm kind of on the outs with my son right now, so I'm kind of on the other end. I'm on the dad's end of that thing, so. But it's interesting. Yeah. My yeah. son is only four months old, so we haven't yet decided what you know how the relationship's going to be yet. Yeah, well, it'll it'll sort itself out, you know, and and uh, it, you know it's uh, never a dull moment. You never know which way that road is going to twist, that's but it always true. comes back again too. That, that's you know I have two short poems to read this time. I'll I'll uh, I'll uh, kind of jump in here, save you some time. Uh, I was uh, I was on uh, I'm a teacher, and um, you know I'm on uh, Christmas vacation, and I'm you know I'm enjoying it very much, of course. And um, I went on MySpace. I went on one of the writers' groups, and um, there's an individual in there that I, I really don't appreciate very much. But he wrote, uh, well, he he offered a poem by Philip Larkin. I think it's called Albad, and um, uh, it was the first since. Is that did I pronounce it correctly or somewhat correctly? Uh, pretty close. It's, Obad. 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 It's a, it's a, do you, are you familiar with the form? No, okay, it's a form. No, I didn't. No, I wasn't familiar with it as a form. I thought it had something to do with dawn. Uh, well, it, uh, it kind of does, actually. In, in, in a way, it's, uh, I became familiar with it because my friend Brendan Constantine uh, wrote one and, and started reading it at the different readings. And um, most of them are actually called Obad. And, uh, oh, okay. Wh 
Well, you know, and it's a form, you know, which typically takes on the name of the form. And it's typically a, a poem written um, after your first encounter with a lover. Oh, okay. Well, no, this wasn't like that. No, the theme of that, the theme was death. And uh, I had a very, this is at five, this is at about at five in the morning. That's very important as a story I'm going to tell you. So I thought, okay, look, uh, uh, you know, I started to read it, and I looked at what he'd written, and I thought, this is the first sincere thing I've seen this guy uh, post here, and he rags on my poetry a lot. So I thought, well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but I was just very suddenly and very urgently uh, compelled to, you know, go away from there. And I thought I was just writing some notes down, but it ended up being a poem. And um, so I'll read the poem. Well, okay, well, okay, I'll read you the poem, and then I'll, I'll finish the story, okay? So I, I went away from this poem, Obad, by Philip Larkin. And, uh, you know, I started writing my own poem, and it's uh, this one. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, called uh, Death as Anesthesia. Okay? And it's uh, Death as Anesthesia. Mind as exhalation of body. Spent breath mixes back where it came from. Though conditions change, nothing goes away. Ghosts of ghosts swirling into each other and back out again. Waves wrapping around rocks and meeting on the other side and rippling peaks and troughs. Men are not elemental and are sad complexities of decay, but only from the top down. There is as much immortality at our feet as in the stars, now as then. So lions, when no longer hungry, let lambs pass by. So I, I had finished writing this thing, and I just tinkered with it a little bit. Or really, I thought it was going to be just notes, but I thought, okay, I'm just going to leave it there. And I got a call, and, you know, I, uh, right at that moment, and I'd say this is like at, uh, oh, maybe a little bit after six in the morning, and uh, this was a Sunday morning, and it was my uh, principal, and he uh, called me up and asked me to make a few phone calls uh, to spread the sad news that uh, two of our students had been killed in a car wreck at five in the morning. So, and I had known these boys since they were in kindergarten, and they were friends of my son, and... Uh, I just thought it was kind of odd that uh, how this poem came about. I had no knowledge of, uh, of what was going on, but you know, while these kids were laying by the side of the road dying, I, I was writing that poem. So it was kind of a shock. That is and wild. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a shock. You know, it's a real small town I live in, so when something like that happens, it's uh, you know, it uh, it has its effect. But I went to uh, I went to the funeral. And uh, I've got another poem here, and it's it's quite short too. I went to the funeral, and uh, funerals in Cambria, California, are always outstanding. Okay, odd as that might sound to say, uh, the uh, the uh, guy that uh, ran the services was a guy named Mike Kenny, and about ten years earlier, he had lost Kim his daughter in in an automobile accident under very Kim was a student of mine and uh, he is uh, he was a very impressive person so anyway I wrote this about the funeral and uh, it's called two butterflies okay you might think I'm just making it up when I say two monarch butterflies flitted overhead during the funeral grieving hundreds gathered in the grassy sea pine meadow and listened to a man who knew all about such loss, say that out of sudden evil comes unexpected good. As denizen of this world, I can accept such a notion without having to resort to any faith. Mythologically, upon being cast into hell, self-coronated Lucifer vowed to pervert God's good. And so if all chemical reactions are theoretically reversible, why shouldn't evil make good on the sly? Did I not take your... Dear strong hand at the graveside of our lost friend, where once I worried all love was lost between us, will I not die easier knowing 
Our last parting sounded a love deeper than any anger which kept us apart. With tears in my eyes and joy in my heart, I sat among the mourners and more than ever realized why those butterflies flitting above were perfect animals of hope. Very nice, Mark. Thank you again for calling in and sharing the, yeah. the stories. Yeah, my pleasure, Rick. My pleasure. Got but a great show. Where, thank you. Remind yeah. us uh, one, one more time where you're calling from. Oh, uh, well, I'm living in Arroyo Grande, California, but I've been living in Cambria for many, many years, and that's uh, right about equal distance between Los Angeles and San Francisco, right on the coast. Highway 1, near Hearst Castle, awesome country. I'm on my way. <laughs> Hope to All see right. you. Thanks again, Mark. Take, Talk with you Take soon, care. And that was a Mark Ladwig calling from uh, uh, the center of California, Arroyo Grande, California, sharing a couple of poems and, and stories about the poems. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. This is Poetry Superhighway Live. Going on to our next caller, a blocked caller uh, phone number. Hello, blocked caller. Rick? Yeah. Good afternoon. Hi. Uh, this, this is Michael in Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, Michael. How you doing? Good to, good to hear your voice Hi. again. Uh, appreciate it. I've enjoyed the show. I like the guy talking about the poets in the uh, schools. Uh, I know you're pressed for time. I do have two I want to read for February, February 1st, Valentine's Month. And in conjunction to doing that, I'll tell about a poetry event that's coming up in Birmingham. You want to hear about that, don't you? Yeah, let's start with the one poem uh, uh, to start with, because I do have a lot of callers, and I want to make sure to get to everyone. So, uh. Okay, well, I'll do um, the first poem, and then the second one will be about a reading coming up in Birmingham at the museum. This is called Titanic. The split-screen image of Kate Winslet and that girl, too good for you, I had a hard crush on, me standing out in straight leg cords, while the others stood for fashion on platforms, all the pretty bell bottoms in a row. I could be no Leonardo DiCaprio taking the cover between the sheets of GQ. I am happy to say she married well, but I accepted her personal invitation at the wedding, best guest, least groomed up, leaving her with the look of me as Chaplinesque, tossing off the cake. So I remain a faithful, vowed Jack, who can still fall heavy for a rose from any garden every day. And they said it would be impossible. Mm. Titanic. Clapping, clapping. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, this, next this next selection, um, uh, this Friday, February 6th, at the Birmingham Museum of Art. You've probably heard of Patricia Smith, haven't you, the slam performance poet? I've, I've read with her, as a matter of fact. We read together uh, at, a, at, a, at a convention in, of all places, a, a fashion convention at, in Las Vegas. Um, another poet named Jerry Quickly, um, who's a, an amazing writer and performer, um, put together, uh, uh, I guess he was hired by, by uh, a clothing company to, to organize poets to read at this particular company's booth at the, uh, at the fashion convention. And Patricia Smith was one of those poets, and, and I was, and we, uh, uh, we dined together at the uh, Sahara Buffet. Well, as of this Friday, you and I will have something else in common. Um, I'm not so much reading with her. She'll be featured from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock uh, here at the Birmingham Museum of Art. And the hour before that, they've slated some uh, local poets, and I was invited right before Christmas. And I thought, oh, what a great Christmas gift to look forward to something in 2009. So I'm going to be reading a couple of selections by other poets, and I'm going to read this one by myself that I wrote. I actually wrote it about a year ago, and... Um, Masterpiece Theater, uh, they aired a new adaptation of Emily Bronte's Weathering Heights. Uh, anyway, and it caused me to go back and revise it. And being Valentine, being a great love story. Anyway, this is the one I'll be airing Friday night. Bronte on the Rocks. Strong wheel winds rain more crags. Definitive high rock opera before the art went high-tech, to be a rock that rolls but does not stone, Mr. Heathcliff vows 
the Moors and I will never change, don't you? Miss Kathy exchanges fashion for that unbridled part of the wind that we all long to be taken by. Then the two, rolling as one, rocked regal in unweary rags, never out of print. Rick, I know you're busy. Thanks for sharing that information about the you read with Patricia Smith to me. And I'll, I'll yep. maybe talk to you next month. Sounds great. Thanks so much for calling in, Michael, and, and I hope the reading goes real well. Thank you. Enjoying the show as always. Enjoyed having you on it. That was uh, Michael calling from Birmingham, Alabama. He's reading uh, uh, this Friday at the uh, Birmingham Museum of Art. Patricia Smith will be uh, there. She's uh, uh, one of the more, uh, I don't know, famous is the right word for, for poets in this world, but uh, known uh, slam or performance poets, I should say, out there. Certainly worth, uh, worth checking out. Uh, moving along, we have uh, Don S. Don S. Tauno calling. Hi, Don. Don, are you there? I am. I am. I am. I'm having trouble. I'm tr- yeah, I'm having a little bit trouble uh, hearing you. Using the, you're probably using the click to talk function, maybe. Yes, I am. It's it's definitely breaking up. So I'm, I'd, I'd hesitate to let you get into a poem right now because the last time I experienced this, we just we couldn't hear anything. I'm wondering if you can call in a, on, a, on, a, on a telephone. Oh, he's gone. Well, there you go. Um, moving along. Uh, uh, he just disconnected. We'll get to our uh, next caller right now. The number to call in, by the way, is 646-716-7362. Please call in. we got about 20 minutes left in the show. We'd love to hear your work. Um, and hi there from uh, the 614 area code. Uh, hello, Rick. This is Nicole Nicholson from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Nicole. How are you doing? Welcome back. Well, thank you. Um, I know I've been away for a couple months. I've been kind of busy. I've been kind of on a personal sabbatical of sorts. Um, I'd like to kind of talk briefly about what's going on in our Columbus poetry scene, and then I'd like to um, present one of my newer works that I've written recently. Sounds great. Okay. Um, we actually have three open mics um, three regular open mic nights in the Columbus, Ohio area, in central Ohio. Uh, Writer's Block is, um, I started reading with them first. Uh, They uh, have their open mics every Wednesday at Cafe Kerouac um, on North High in Columbus. They're just a little bit north of the Ohio State campus. Um, There's more info um, at writersblockpoetry.com. Right now, um, they're having uh, their slam-offs to get together their uh, team to go to the National Poetry Slam later this year. Uh, Writing Wrongs, which is another group I read with, um, they have their open mics every Tuesday. They're also getting their National Poetry Slam team together, and they're having slam-offs. And uh, they're going to select four people that are going to go to the Poetry Slam in July. I think it's July anyway. They've got more info on their night at uh, myspace.com forward slash writing wrongs poetry. We have a third night going on. Um, It's the poetry form. It used to be at Larry's Bar near campus, near the state campus. They've moved to the Wamba Cafe, um, which is a little bit further from campus. And I don't have a URL for them, but if anyone wants, if anyone's calling from Central Ohio and wants to know more about Larry's, I can find the information and uh, put people in contact with the person that runs the night. Um, I just wanted to kind of give a rundown of what's going on um, poetry-wise in Columbus. And I'd like to uh, present a poem now. It's called Off. Great. They used to say that she was off. Insane proclaiming that dead poets resided inside her brain, telling her things like the gods made love, and gave birth to the cosmos. Blazes of passion became balls of fire and gas. Seeds became stars, and the stardust became us. And as their scribes, she transcribed their vibes and the vibrations of sound, and she'd spin their words around the neighborhood. 
but they used to say that she was off. She said that she heard spirits hissing in the winds, ghosts chanting and dancing, invocations and prayers, offering new smoke to old gods, westward winds blowing Indian prayers to the horizons, burial mounds beneath playgrounds, giving up ancestral secrets, red men and women who sang upon this earth before black, white, and brown feet trod upon its gentle surface. She'd hear these ghosts hear these prayers, and re-sing them. An old black woman chanting Indian prayers, opening her vocal cords as hollow conduits passing sound all around the neighborhood. But they used to say that she was off. She said that she'd see shadows, darting figures looking her in the eye. They'd cry, looking for something that they never found on the playground, in alleys, in juke joints, in living rooms, in the eyes of lovers, in children, looking for absolution, for solutions, for an end to pain, for an end to endless rain while wandering in the spirit plane. Unresolved souls, truncated, looking for release. They tell her their names plead their cases. She said that she could see their faces gleaming, sighing, crying, and that she could hear their petitions and ghostly sounds. But they used to say that she was off. She would have been home in the deserts to roam the valleys, the sands, or ancient lands across the gulf, across an ocean, at home within threadbare straw huts, decorated with the wisdom of the ancients, carrying in their bellies relics, masks, the faces of gods, monkeys, and spirits, Africa's blood in her veins, a veil over her newborn eyes. She would have been the woman who sees, the woman who knows, but her gifts may have been right, but the land and century of her birth were wrong. So instead of saying that she was wise, that she had visions, they just said that she was off. Off of what? Off of center? Off of our comfort zone? Off of our understanding? Off of common vibrations? Off of a solid world and able to stand in the crack between one world and the next and peer through that crack, seeing passages, seeing spirits? Off of what? I'll never know, because I never asked. Never asked her to peer through the glass and into her mind's eye. I never asked her to see for me. I never asked, what did she see, and how did she see it so clearly, beyond the fog of reason, beyond the fog of rational minds? I'll never know which side of the moon infected her mind, whether she drew down the light of its wisdom or the darkness of its lunar lunacy. All I know is that they used to say that she was off. Violet did prefer off people, uh, so I'd like to meet her. Well, unfortunately, she's kind of a fictional person. She's a conglomerate of um, several people that I knew in my hometown. <clears throat> Sounds like a great place to live. Uh, Middletown, well, I don't know. but I, that's, all, that's all I'm going to say, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, Nicole, I really appreciate you calling in and uh, sharing that that piece with uh, well delivered as always. Um, and thanks for all the information about what's what's happening in the Columbus, Ohio uh, uh, poetry scene these days as well. Well, thank you. And welcome back from your uh, your couple months sabbatical. All right. Well, I should be back next month. Sounds good. Thank you for calling in, Nicole. That was Nicole from Columbus, Ohio, calling in about uh, 10 minutes or so left in the show. And uh, we are moving along to our next caller. We have a caller from the 845 area code. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. This is You're... Teresa Edwards from Poughkeepsie, New York. I called Hi, Teresa. In... Hi. I called in last month. Um, and, but I wasn't very prepared, but uh, today I'm prepared, and I've been listening, and I actually and I enjoyed that last poem very much. <laughs> um, anyway, I'd like to read two poems, if I may, from my poetry manuscript that's looking for a publisher. Um, the manuscript is called Voices Through Skin. Well, okay. let's, you know, I, I keep trying to tell people one poem, and then people keep jumping in with a second, and there isn't that much time left in okay. the show and a couple other colors. So let's definitely do the one, and, and we'll see how long it is, okay? Okay. I'll, I'm going to do this one. Um, it's called Painting Cheswafa Kivoka. 
and it's an acrostic poem in response to Lori Schreiner's paintings of Auschwitz victim Cheswafa Kivoka, photographed by Wilhelm Brassi. It's also in memory of her. Um, and it's uh, the there's a collaboration, and it's published on Admit Two um, of Lori's paintings and this poem. Painting Cheswafa Kivoka. In Brassi's black and white photos, you are a young girl with a round face dropped into a flat gray world. 26947, sewn on a striped wardrobe, naked beneath these numbers. What does color bring to you? In color, you move through our minds. In color, you are a movie star. Mia Farrow, slightly protruding upper lip, swollen bottom, forms a dense shadow to your chin. In color, you are a young woman bleeding from within. Pale skin filters red to pink. This is the girl you are at Auschwitz, Cheswafa. You are not a criminal. Your full color portrait forces our reaction. Your hair is the warmest fall in a dead winter. Amber background sparks the short matted bristles. Adolescent questions quickly extinguished. When a scarf adds texture, diagonal patterns, another look of a 14-year-old prisoner. In color, you transform. We can touch your swollen mouth, feel the voice beneath the left side of your face, where grays mix with pinks, a rash of illness. The contrast holds us. In a soft color profile above and slightly right of 26947, we see a tear from your right eye spilling down, just underneath skin transparent thin from a bleak setting. We follow the contour of your smeared mouth, slightly opened, trace from lower lip to the bottom of your chin. This part of pinkish gray flesh appears as number seven. This is non-intentional. In color, we feel the blacks of uniformity, harsh marks of suffering blacken the scratch shadows below your nostrils. The black slit above your gray lower lip sucks us empty. Your eyes, black oval platters reflecting SS soldiers and worse, within deep gray carvings. Black is blacker in color. Painted close-up. A bright yellow backdrop brightens the scarf's pattern. Your hair hidden in black and white becomes strands of sunlight, movement on still life. Yellows warm your cheeks, your forehead clear of dirt. Yellows remove the dark patch from the tip of your nose we see in each of Brassi's photographs. Yellows plunge orange, settle on the center left of your chest. You can breathe them in. And that's it. Very nice, Teresa. That was that was a wonderful piece. I, I don't know if you're aware, but every every year around Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day, I publish a special issue of of poems uh, uh, from 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 stuff submitted on that topic uh, during during the week uh, before that issue. So, uh, if you're interested, that might be a good uh, piece to send to that, or if you have other work on that uh, on that topic. Yeah. If you're on the Poetry Superhighway email list, I, I send out the call for submissions for that issue literally the week before I put it up. So it's uh, it'll be right around the week of, of Yom HaShoah. So I, I definitely encourage you to participate in that. Okay, absolutely will. Thank you. Cool. Well, I, 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 I want to get to a couple other callers. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, unfortunately, not say no to the second poem, but I definitely enjoyed that piece a whole lot, and I, I certainly appreciate that you called in today. Oh, thank you very much. And one poem is, great. I'm glad I could read it. And uh, if anyone would like to see um, the, the, the paintings that go along with this poem, they can go to um, Admit 2 online. Um, I, I think it's, I'm not sure what the website is, but anyway, I'll let you go. Thank you very much, Rick. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Okay. That take care. A, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was a Teresa Edwards calling from Poughkeepsie, New York, second time caller, sharing a, really a, a wonderful piece on that uh, topic. 
Um, thanks for calling in, Teresa. Uh, I want to mention we had trouble getting Don on the air um, because of the click to talk uh, uh, deal. I see he's on the list again. We'll try to get to you in a couple minutes, Don. Um, not sure that we'll be able to uh, today, though. But I, I do see in the chat room that you um, wanted to, to promote a contest. It's a poetry contest open only to Redwood Empire counties in California. Uh, so if you're in that area and you're listening, uh, and you'd like to participate in this poetry contest, you can go to the website, which is redwoodwriters.org slash poetry slash 2009.html. Uh, so check that out and, uh, and uh, if you're in that area and, and join in. We're going to see if we can get to uh, two more callers in the, in the six minutes that we have. I've got a, uh, another uh, blocked number, so if that's you, say hi. If you happen to be on the phone right now, just say hi. Alrighty, not only a blocked caller, but uh, a blocked human being as well. So moving right along, let's see if we can get to the caller from the 347 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Who's this? And where are you this going? This is Ikere Tally, and I'm calling from New York City. New York City. What's your What's your name again? Ikere. It's actually been on the Poetry Superhighway before. I'm so happy to get a chance to talk to you. Likewise. <laughs> Likewise. Well, welcome to this live interaction. Um, Thank you. So, uh, New York City. That's great. You got You got a phone for us? I do. I do. It's something I haven't seen in a while. Um, it has no title. <laughs> But um, it's about Miles Davis. Cool. Jagged silk sun of machete and burgundy, fists of wind, massaging sound supple, quickly turning unsuspecting necks of notes toward their last painless breaths. Why face the audience might have spat at you were it not for that wailing dark light winding its way through brass. Irreversible spell of music, bone, and rasp, deep sepia wisp, haunted. Somebody loved you, and you loved you, knowing the pulpit was reserved for the show. The back door was for after. And women, women expected ice to melt, to bathe in a cool water kiss, didn't suspect wounds their aloe couldn't heal. A panther puffing on a nice edge, unfazed by all the blood and smoke. Something coiled in the corner of a cornered soul. You were something pushed down, pulled apart, left the people gasping for air the same way you did, fight secretly for every inhale. What kind of alchemy was it that turned every injury into the voice of brooding gold. Mm. <clears throat> that is great. Love Miles Davis, and that certainly was. Uh, he was. I could see him in my in my eyes while you were reading that. Well done. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I have a funny relationship with Miles Davis. You know, he's been such a, such an intense and troubled person, and so much beauty coming from that horn. So. One day it just came out, you know. <laughs> That's right. So when when were you uh, featured on the Poetry Superhighway? Do you remember when? Oh, oh my gosh, it was so long ago. I, I'd be embarrassed to tell you. It was probably at least six years ago. And actually, the poem was about jazz musicians. So I guess I get musical when I talk to you. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's of course what most women say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, that, that's good. <laughs> but uh, cool. Well, people can 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 look on the uh, past poets archive and certainly uh, and certainly look look you up. And because uh, every poet we've ever published since 1997 is is still online, so your work is uh, your work is still there. Yeah. Thanks so much. I really enjoy the poetry superhighway, and it's the jazz musician. So it's a really short piece, but. I, I, it was one of those pieces like this. I wrote it, sent it, and somehow you just picked it up. So that was a great thing. 
Cool. Well, glad to connect with you. I bet. Is there a reading in New York City that you uh, that you frequent that you want to shout out to? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. You know, I <laughs> the reading is in my house with my two kids. That's the reading right there, you know. But um I'm writing a lot and posting a lot of stuff up on the web and recording a lot of stuff and I'll get back out reading in a bit, you know. But um You got you got a website? I do. I do. It's um www of course. Um E K E R E T as in Tom, A-L-L-I-E dot com. It's ikeretally dot com. Very nice. we only got 30 seconds left, so I'm going to let you go so I can close up. Okay. But thanks for calling in, and please do so again, okay? Okay. Thank you so much for all your great work. My pleasure. Thank you. Kara Tolley calling from New York City. You can check out her work on the uh, Past Poets Archive. Just plumb out of time. I'm sorry we didn't get to all the callers today. Please call in next month. Our next reading is going to be on uh, uh, March 1st, 2009. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.